Welcome to episode 44 of the Zay Coleman Podcast, where today we'll be discussing Isaiah Thomas's G League debut, subsequent call-up, Dennis Smith Jr.'s situation involving Rick Carlisle, and more on the Zay Coleman Podcast. A couple things before we get started. If the quality is sounds not as good as the last few episodes, because I'm doing this podcast on mobile, my monitor shut down, so this one's going to be a mobile pod. And two, I am breaking this podcast down to multiple different episodes. Well, not multiple, not it's just two, but you get my point. The first one's going to be the basketball episode, and the second half of the podcast is going to be the personal episode. I want, I you know, I mentioned a while back. I want to take maybe every 10, 15 episodes just to give an update on the personal life. Maybe even give you an insight on some stuff that goes on in my life. And I want to talk to you because at the end of the day, this is about engagement. The podcast, I want to engage with my audience and I want people to know that, you know, I'm good. I'm a good convo. I want I want to help you help yourself. So I'm going to spend probably the last 10, 15 minutes of the podcast just letting just wanting to just maybe give you just a positive word that you needed. That's all. So, of course, the first half is going to be the basketball half. The half I'm probably going to be not as emotional about because, you know, I admittedly didn't watch the Nets-Sixers game uh, last night because I was I had gone to the laundromat and then had a basketball food. That was kind of like my, you know, post-6 o'clock with uh, – shenanigans going on so I missed most of the game by the time I got home it was like fourth quarter mid fourth quarter anyway so yeah that I don't want to get into that but that's basically what it was so a few things I want to talk about first Isaiah Thomas made his G League debut dropped 42 and immediately got a call up I have a lot of opinions on this. Of course, you know, of, of somebody that's been an advocate for Isaiah Thomas getting back into the league for some time now. And I'm glad that he's getting his opportunity. I would never, ever want to take that away from him. He is more than earned his shot back into the league. And I'm glad he's getting his shot right now. But after one game, though, and it's not even that. To the Lakers, a team that, although he does give them shot creating, he says severely lacks two of the uh, two of the three things this team needs most: playmaking and defense, perimeter defense. Who boy? Again, I have, like I said, I have many emotions. I'm glad he's getting a shot in the NBA. Happy that he got 42 in his first game back. But man, it really is. Like I said, again, it's not even a source. But if he was on almost any other team in the league, I'd be happy for him. If he was on a team that's struggling, he might be that veteran help to you know steer the ship. If he was on another contender, I don't know Utah or Phoenix, maybe not Phoenix, but uh, even Golden State. You know, if he's like a, an emergency point guard for them. 
sure, why not? But on the Lakers, and again, in the biggest spotlight possible, with a team that's in and out or struggling or being one of the best teams in the league, I don't see how Isaiah Thomas significantly helps them. Maybe he might give them, you know, a few more points, but he's probably going to give up those seven points on the other end. Then maybe an Austin Reeves or an Avery Bradley. Even though Avery Bradley has a struggle this year, one of those two guards might not give up on the other end. And that might just be the key to whether you win in the game or lose in the game. Now again, happy for Isaiah Thomas that he's getting his shot. I'm so happy that IT is back in the NBA. Cool that he's in the G League. Cool he was in the you know the rec leagues dropping 81. But it's it's just it feels right that he's on the NBA team. But I just it's it it rubs with me the wrong way that A is on the Lakers and B he has one game. I've seen guys do a decade in the G League and never get an opportunity. But it's one game that Isaiah Thomas has his moment in the G League. And immediately he's getting a call up and will probably get heavy rotation minutes on the Lakers because they got guys out with COVID. They got guys out with injuries. They got guys who have been struggling mightily this season. He's probably going to get heavy minutes off the bench with him. Maybe even start if Russell Westbrook's out long-term. Not long-term, but for a couple of weeks. <sighs> Again, happy for IT. It just it feels too soon. I felt like if, if he was doing this right, now, now I'm not saying average 42, but if he's giving you elite and giving the uh, Grand Rapids elite numbers for a couple of weeks then we would be talking about potentially getting him a shot in Denver, or not Houston, uh, Utah, Phoenix. Again, maybe not Phoenix if Alfred Payton is as good as their emergency point guard. Uh, Golden State, even in the East, Philly, Brooklyn might need some more shot rating, especially because half their team is out. Although they did announce today that Kyrie would be a part-time player for them. He would only play outside of New York and Cali. So maybe, I'm just thinking, any other, is it another contending level team that might need, maybe, again, Milwaukee is just like insurance. Again, you don't know what you're going to get from George Hill. You're probably not going to get know what you're going to get from Rodney Hood or even Grayson Allen some nights. Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, I don't think he's been back yet. So maybe they might need an Isaiah, not need, but would like an Isaiah Thomas as insurance for them. Come playoff time. Chicago might need depth, even though they need defense a lot more than they need offense. It's, I think, shoot. I know they have their issues, but Boston, I wouldn't mind him being back in Boston, being a a six man on that team. Maybe give you more than Peyton Pritchard. Who knows? It's, It's just literally just thinking in my head what teams, Miami, Maybe Miami can use a lot more off the bench than just Tyler Hero. That's something. That's a situation I would not mind him being in. But it's like I said, it just rubs me the wrong way. The Lakers one, the Lakers, again Hollywood, bright lights, such bright lights. 
and it just it it doesn't feel right that they throw Isaiah Thomas into the situation again a team that's already got chemistry issues already again some have worked it out for the most part but again Russell Westbrook is still like he's out with the uh, COVID protocol they have like I said inconsistent guard play from like Avery Bradley also Reeves has been great for them but again inconsistent Rondo has been in and out like I said I don't I see that they're trying to thrust him too. I don't want to see them give him too much too quickly. Is basically what I'm saying. So next, a story that I I saw yesterday on the timeline, and it again something that really rubbed me the wrong way, and it, it again I posted I talked about it on my on couple of my social medias that and it really does feel really really wrong that this happened so the story came out i don't remember exactly i think it was from tim mcmahon i want to say reported it and it was the first was first one to report it but it was uh rick carlisle accusing dennis smith jr of being jealous of luke jealous of luka Doncic in front of the whole team he said this in front of 20 guys that Dennis Smith Jr. was jealous because Luka got Luka Doncic was the guy was Rick, Rick Carlisle's guy. He didn't he didn't want Dennis Smith Jr. Again in the same report, Rick Carlisle says that he wanted that they wanted the Mavs, he wanted the Mavs to draft Donovan Mitchell, which an alternate timeline of Luka Luka and Donovan Mitchell as a backcourt is kind of cursed. Like Donovan Mitchell doesn't become a superstar and he might be second to Luka. Maybe, and they don't ever trade for Poisingas. Or they still do trade for Poisingas and they give up Donovan Mitchell in a trade for Chris Dabbs Poisingas. That's an, also a cursed timeline because that means Donovan Mitchell might end up in the Knicks. Maybe they don't suck in 2019. And so if they don't suck in 2019, they might not get RJ. They might get like Cam Johnson. He's still a good player, obviously. But it's just it's just such a domino effect if... Rick Carl just keeps his mouth shut about Donovan, uh, A, about Dennis Smith Jr., or B, Dallas actually listens to him and they draft Donovan Mitchell. That's a crazy timeline to live on. But yeah, he says, it says here that he wanted, they wanted to draft Donovan Mitchell and players believe that Rick made Dennis Smith miserable on purpose. I talked about it on social media, that Don, Dennis Smith Jr. was always meant to be a star. He had the look, he had the attitude, he had the skill, he had the athleticism, He had, and again, he had the, the upbringing that you just want to root for a guy like that. He was meant to be a star. Sure, needed de- development, but what lottery pick going to a bad team doesn't, especially at the point guard position? It, I'm literally just sitting here thinking that... that that is troublesome to me. It literally does not sit right with me one bit. That he literally just sat. He sabotaged Dennis Smith Jr. Let's be honest. Here. He sabotaged Dennis Smith Jr. Again, if he just was the, an actual coach for a sec, uh, for 20 minutes. If he turned it. And it's worse. When you look at it, the story, says, it says... 
the team found it unfair towards Dennis. Him and Luca became best friends after Don after Doncic was drafted. When Do he got to Dallas, Dennis Smith Jr. was his right hand man, and you took that away from him. Might be a reason that Luca might not like the organization now. Sure, Porzingis is you know another close friend of Luca's, but Porzingis has been open about why he does he doesn't like playing and being the second fiddle to Luca. Dennis Smith Jr. I think would have been a had a positive positive enough attitude toward being a second guy to you know top ten maybe arguably top five player in the league maybe not anymore because you know he's had a down year by Luca standards. He still would have been a, a good enough player to where you might not have to rely on Tim Hardaway Jr. giving you 15, 20 shots a game or have to get rely on Porzingis to hit pick and pop threes. He could have been an, an emergency an emergency guy for you. Even if you had, even if you kept him and still traded somebody else for Porzingis, he would have been a, a cool third guy, even if development could have been even bigger. Dennis Jr. has never been in a situation where he was used right. In New York, for some reason, they were playing Alfred Payton over him. They gave uh who was it? They gave they gave another point guard like heavy minutes before Dennis Smith Jr. And it, it really did rub me though. I forgot who it was though, and it, it's sad that this slipped my mind. But yeah, like Dennis Smith Jr., even in Detroit, in Detroit it started to work out. I think he had a he had a triple double, I think, in one of his first games in Detroit. But an in, injury, and one injury just basically knocked him out the rotation, which is why Saved Lee is basically in the same position Dennis May Jr. was. Started off hot, but then one reason or another is benched and it not only gets minutes when we're down by 40. It's pitiful, bro. It's pitiful. It's tragic. It's a tragic situation going on here. But yeah, it. And. The worst part, I like I said when I read the when I first read it, I didn't at first I didn't believe it because it's like there's no I mean Rick Carlisle sabotaging a young talent that he didn't like not shocking, but when Dennis Smith Jr. tweeted that everything in that article is spot on, and that's coming and he said that's coming from staff members and players, y'all don't even know the half. That means there's more stories out there that. Rick Carlisle intentionally sabotaged the career of Dennis Smith Jr. To where he literally, three teams later, and Dennis Smith Jr. hasn't been able to get a, a single opportunity because Rick Carlisle decided to be, you know, I don't like to use, you know, derogatory terms on this job, but he, he was a bigot. He was a bigot towards Dennis Smith Jr. And it sucks because, again, that's one less superstar we have taken out of this league because Rick Carlisle didn't favor him, or he 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 wasn't he didn't want the Dennis Smith Jr. didn't want to kiss his butt side. Let's be honest. It's because Dennis Smith Jr. wouldn't bend over backwards to make Rick Carlisle his father. Let's be honest. His basketball father. It's ridiculous, bro. That coaches hold this much power to the point where they can intentionally hold down a player and still keep a job. This man is on a four-year, I believe, $48 million contract with the Indiana Pacers right now. Because he he destroyed the organization and then left. 
the article the articles will tell you they mutually parted ways. But in reality, he left Dallas. He sabotaged the franchise. They got Luca on the $200 million contract with absolutely zero future in sight. And he left. Hmm. Something smells fishy about this Rick Carlisle situation. And again, I saw players who were on those Dallas Mavericks teams commenting, you know, certain, like, you know, not direct information, but it's like, like a guy like Jerry Cunningham, again, somebody who's, I can't remember, late first or early second round pick to Dallas and barely even saw the floor. He went to Cleveland, he was solid, but it's like, He's solid on a championship contender, mind you. Sorry, my notebook fell. But let's not beat around the bush here. Like, Rick Carlisle has, is not really a coach for young talent. He's a guy that's ready to take over veteran-heavy teams and try to take them to the next level. And that's sick, bro. A team with, again, let's be honest here. The best NBA player in the league under 25 years old. Is currently playing in Dallas. Best player under 25 is playing in Dallas right now. And Rick, and again, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle favored him. Yes, he coddled Luca. Let's be honest here. He coddled Luca. But if you weren't Luca, then Rick Carlisle didn't really care. You think that he why do you think Jalen Brunson sat for two years basically? Jalen Brunson wasn't going to get no playing time under Rick Carlisle. Sure, he was, you know, one of the older players coming out of the draft. He was, like, I think he was 22 at the time. He's still younger than, you know, Devin Harris. And I think it was, was it, was Jameer Nelson on that on those teams? No, I think it was Jameer Nelson was the year before. My bad. But it, it's still about Dirk. You know how much of the coddlement treatment that Dirk got? Towards the end of his career, again, Dirk's a legend, so of course you give it to him. But that low-key set Dallas back because they played Dirk Nowitzki so much, and they tried to oh they they tried to sell you on the fact that this team was the best team since sliced bread. When they just landed tenth seed, eleventh seed, maybe as low as a twelfth seed sometimes, and they lucked into getting Luka. Sure, they traded for him, but still. They lucked into getting Luka Doncic. Sickening, bro. Imagine if they don't look and they end up getting like, I don't know, who would have been 2018? Like Colin Sexton. This team is for sale. This team is in Seattle. If they don't get Luka Doncic. One more quick story before you finish the NBA uh, portion of the podcast. I want to talk about the, the COVID cases in the NBA. It's... It's horrible. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's bad. It's real bad, bro. It. I. I believe they said it was fourteen players last week. Oh no! It was, sorry, last yesterday. It was yesterday that uh, went into health and safety protocols. I saw one was De'Aaron Fox. I think Russell Westbrook. What Russell Westbrook was one of those guys. It. It's crazy, bro. I. I don't how. How many? I think it was no. It's, it was thirteen. Thirteen went in Tuesday. Eleven went in thir- Thursday, and then ten as of six hours ago from Braxton home. Ten. So thirty-four in three separate days. 
We saw Tor Torian Prince and Anthony Edwards from Minnesota going to the Kings, continuing uh, navigating positive COVID tests. Literally, we'll go down the timeline. Celtics uh, now say out Horford and Grant Williams joined Jabari Parker in health and safety protocols. Golden State's Jordan Coles in health and safety protocols. Explains his performance against the Knicks. Um, contemplating Christmas games being out, guard Malik Monk has tested out uh, has tested out of COVID protocols. He did so back to back negative tests. Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, and Taylor Horton Tucker remain in protocols for the Lakers. Kings, Alex Lynn in protocols. Kings forward, uh, Lou King. Literally, every, it's crazy, bro. The Pistons shoot. They had the, the the Pistons PR team had to tell you, hey, it's this is not a COVID issue with Dwayne to Casey. I promise you, it's not a COVID issue because he was out and people thought, oh, he might have COVID. Here's the tweet from yesterday from Woj. So far, 63 NBA players have entered the COVID protocols this season, including 47 in the month of December alone. Two head coaches, Indiana's Rick Carlisle and Kings Alvin Gentry, and one top of the team executive, Toronto's Masai Ujiri, also in protocols. It's bad, man. And I'm not advocating for the league to shut down, obviously. You know, we love our basketball just as much as any. But I think frequent testing does go a long way. I, you know, it's, it, oh, wait, Ooh. literally, I'm keeping scrolling down the timeline, and dang, I didn't even know that, uh, that Jazz hired uh, Danny Ainge to oversee basketball operations, congratulations to him, I guess, but, um, it, it's weird that they have, that it's, I can think of they test every, is it, I think it's like week and a half, I think, every 10 days or whatever. But it's like I feel like again frequency maybe every three days or whatever test for maybe even two days test for COVID because realistically in every basketball organization there's about thirty guys that come in contact with each other every single day. Chances are one person has been around somebody that has COVID. I get the whole you know ninety nine percent survival rate or whatever, but it's still a lot. You know again. It spreads like wildfire, bro. It, like, I don't want to, again, I'm, I'm not here to sound like the, the biggest, you know, geek when it comes to medical science, whatever. But it's just, like, common sense, bro. You know, keep your, wear your mask, keep it on while you're indoors. If you're outside and you're not around anybody that's within six feet of you, then you can take it off. But it's like, bro, don't be that guy that's all of a sudden, you know, they feel like they're immune because of the shot. Obviously, it lowers your percentage of, you know, succumbing to the, the to the disease. But you could still catch it, bro. It's very obviously the easy one of the easier diseases to catch because you're just breathing it in twenty four seven if you don't have a mask on. Like it's again, don't want to sound smart, but it's like I feel like NBA players should know that. And again, they did the the press run with Memphis, where all of their guys had COVID. And I don't think I've seen a Grizzlies player that's been, or the Grizzlies players had a mask on. I don't think I've seen a Grizzlies player that has tested, or has been in health and safety protocols. So props to Memphis for, oh no, I think Ja, Ja, yeah, Ja Morant while when, <laughs> while being injured was in, ended up going into health and safety protocols, but I think he was the only player. 
So props to Memphis for keeping their guys in shape. Detroit, I think, has, I don't think Detroit has had has had a health and safety uh, protocol. And we've been sending guys back and forth between the G League and, you know, the regular team, like Chris Smith, Luka, uh, Saban Lee. So props to Detroit for keeping their guys healthy. Again, Dwayne Casey's issue was a, a non-COVID issue. So, I, of course, you know, prayers up to uh, Dwayne Casey. Hope he gets better. We'd like, we'd like to have him back on the bench as soon as humanly possible. But I think that's I think we'll close the basketball portion out like that. So if you had a if you enjoyed the this episode, you know, check the previous forty three episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Bye. News A here. Um so of course the you know first twenty five minutes or so of the podcast was basketball. That's what the main part of this podcast is. Want to reach out to a specific, maybe not specific, but definitely want to reach out to all basketball fans. And we can just have normal, decent, genuine, serious conversations about basketball. But of course, life isn't, like I said, life is bigger than basketball. Basketball isn't the only thing that this world has to offer. It's not, you know, the, it's not the end all be all of life. isn't isn't just basketball. is my is part of my life. It's I would to be honest the vast majority of my life. But there's also a human side of me. It's not just oh I you know spit off basketball twenty four seven. But I have gone not again not professionally but personally have, you know, tried my best to become a a therapist in a way to my friends, family, people that I just know personally in life and even again, even and beyond, people I went to school with, people that I've worked with, people that I've, you know, been in contact with in other genres of life. People that my family know, people that my family that know that know them that knows other people. Is I've I've tried my best to reach to every single corner of the planet, just so I can get to grasp of what this planet truly needs. And it just starts with a conversation. It doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to me all cry, come crying in my arms. It just has to be. Just a few words, a few words of encouragement go a long way. Is basically what I'm trying to say. It's you know, like I said, if if it's a situation where it takes more than just a few words, if action needs to be taken, then action will be taken. But it all starts with just a conversation. So a few a few tidbits I have, not major. This will probably be like a 10-15 minute section of the podcast, but I do want to have a few conversations. The first one, of course, is depression. Now, not a lot of people know this because it it it, 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 was, it did last a long time, but eventually, admit, admittedly, I didn't talk to a whole lot of people during this time period. I did battle my own works of depression. I had my own, like, it was, you know, went through a breakup. I'd been through multiple friends, family passing away, 
you know, and then I took one week and then another week of vacation. I went to, I went home. I went to think about life, hang out with a couple friends, and that was that. And honestly, it, but those two weeks was all I really needed to let me know how fun life is. Again, I know it sounds simple and it sounds boring, monotonous, whatever. But those two weeks that I spent in Virginia, went back home, retraced my roots, and really found out what the meaning of life was. Was the best two weeks I'd had in years. Was the best two weeks that I can honestly say. And shout out to the boys. My boys, Ryan, y'all heard heard him on the podcast before. Ja'Kai, Matt, you've also heard on the podcast. A few others, Kai, uh, Jason. I'm trying to remember who else was there. But yeah, that's basically basically those are the boys. Those are, those boys helped me a lot, and family too. Shout out to my cousin AJ, my cousin Glenn, cousin Bugs. He's definitely she's awesome. My mom's of course. My mom, my number one supporter through everything in life. Having a good support group, and just let just let it out, bro. Again, I was always that kid that was that bottled their emotions in and. Wouldn't really tell nobody about it. I was always I was the kid that <laughs> crazy enough to say it now because all of this is public. But I was I was sort of the quiet kid. Admittedly, I was the quiet I was somewhat the quiet kid in high school, up until my senior year. My senior year, I started to be more open, started to make more friends, started to get to know people, and honestly, but before that, I was kind of the quiet kid in high school. But like. The people, those people that I mentioned earlier were people that I got to express myself. And it's, it was rare that it happens, but sometimes I do actually get some time to, I just express my personality, be open, be encouraging, be, you know, funny, be serious, be, I'm, because again, I'm a jack of all trades. I'll, I'll laugh with you, but I'll also sit down and have a conversation about your life with you. I'm that type of person where I can switch up emotion at any point in life, and you will just not—you won't even realize it. But how I dealt with my depression again took my two weeks. But honestly, this has been going on since August, September. I wake up, I go exercise. I exercise whether it's in the house doing curl ups, push ups, whatever. You know, planks, or I go out for typically about a mile, mile and a half walk. Walk, or even if it's in the, like early in the morning where it's like dark, I'll go for a run. I typically try to keep between seven and about nine thirty. I did this while I did well, did this because for y'all don't know that y'all that don't know, I live in Winter Haven, Florida. I used to live in Lakeland. In Lakeland, we had a gym in in the neighborhood that I lived in, and I would go to that gym every single morning, get probably four four and a half hours with the shots up, get a weight uh, weight test, and I go back to go I go back home, eat probably you know get some water, maybe chill on the couch a little bit, and then I go back out and hoop with the boys. That was my daily routine. It was always try to get in the gym. 
trying to be social, kind of, not going to lie, that's how I met, like, half my friend group, was just going to the gym and just being active, be open, be, you know, you know, have a personality while you're in the gym. Don't be monotonous. Don't treat it like it's game seven in the finals where you don't make no friends. Just be happy, bro. Literally, that's like it's, it's. I know it sounds simple and it sounds weird to say it, but just, just even if it's you know not not genuine, just honestly, faking a smile will lead to a real smile. Because eventually, somebody's gonna make you laugh. Somebody's something. Something is gonna make you feel hilarious in, inside and honestly you're just gonna it, it, see it like I said, just it makes you want to be do it again like i said your mentality will ship as you become more positive next how i cope how i cope with mental health because again like i said i did have go through depression but i, I had all type of mental health issues while i was in high school even when I was in middle school, I was getting in trouble a lot, and that really took a whole toll on my mental health because I was definitely had the wrong friend group. I was hanging around the wrong people. I admit that. I'm willing to admit that because at the end of the day, it's my, it's a part of me. It's everything that I did. Once I got into sports, I started playing basketball. I played football for a couple of years. It was it was mad, but basketball really helped me out. Which, funny enough, is the basketball podcast. I. I try to make as much of an effort to give my give a the people that I love a you know as much encouragement because again at the at the end of the day you're gonna get the encouragement you're gonna give the same energy that you get so I give people encouragement and they give give me encouragement in, in return and that's how I like I said just being happy smiling. You know, find again, find a crowd that's not in all in trouble all the time. That's not getting you, you know, riled up. It's not gonna make you, you know, wanna bust through somebody's window. It's that that moment where I've come into I've come into a situation where I'm gonna find my happiest I'm gonna find my happiest place. I've always come into that moment where I wanna be happy and I've, I've, I just had that mentality. I've never thought to myself, oh, the world's going to end, or oh, I'm going to die alone, or, you know, yada, yada, so on and so on. I've always had the half-full approach to life rather than the half-empty approach to life. And, again, up until, you know, all that stuff happened in the three weeks time span that I talked about earlier, it was, life was good for me. And again, I don't know if moving hurt that had me depressed. I I did miss my friends. I did miss the people that I love. But at the same time, moving was something that was a necessity for me. I had to, like I said, I had to make a fresh start for myself. And admittedly, the neighborhood is nothing like I had in, in Lakeland. I'll admit that. But... At the same time, it didn't need to be. Lakeland is where I can go back and I can see all my old friends. I can go hoop with them, you know, and we just have a good time. But when I come back to the dub, I'm always, you can say it's serious, it's business. I take a business approach to it and then I will not stop until I 
finish taking and finish that business approach. And it's really helped me out. I've always been somebody who's kept up with my I've kept up with my family and they my family knows that I like to take a business approach to everything in life, whether it's mute or not. That was that was about to tell you. I was gonna say music. That was like a, a one year project that finished very quickly. Whether it's podcasting, the future YouTube, whether it's conversations dinner table, whether it's you know talking about other people's day, talk about other people's lives, and again, not my business, but it's whatever. I will always be serious when I have a conversation. I'm always a serious person. I'm not again when unless it's the time calls for it. I'm not not really a joke type of person because at the end of the day. I'm about me. It's if it's a situation where I'm not necessarily, you know, in the mood to be funny. I'm gonna tell you up front. Then you know, just it, today ain't my day, so I'm gonna just chill out for the day. And people understand that. And then people, we quote go towards the day according to, uh, just as according. But if you joke it, and then I shut it. I'm not. I'm not gonna be the person that try to ruin your day because. My day sucked. Mm-hmm. People know how. I, and that's just how it is, man. But to, uh, I want to, you know, reiterate the people that bring happiness in my life. I want to shout out just a few, just a few. Like I said, not I don't want to shout out 100 people at the same time, because I know at the end of the day, of course, the boys I mentioned earlier, my boy, Zach, also somebody shout out to Zach. He. I don't, even, I don't think he still does music anymore. But he did music for a while. He did. He tried to do YouTube. I think he literally posted one video and stopped doing YouTube. But that's still my homeboy, though. Zach, my dog. Of course, Ashley, his girl. I mean, I, I met about a week, about two weeks ago. She's still really cool, though. She's, like, she's still really cool people. Somebody that, you know, you can have a good conversation with. And it's not even, like I say, she, and she's awesome. She's a very down-to-earth person. Uh, I want to shout out Nick. Nick. I just reconnected with Nick about, again, probably about a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago. But it was somebody that I talked to back when I was a a freshman in high school. That was my dog. But again, I moved from Virginia to Lakeland. And ever since then, like I said, we kind of dropped connection until we caught up about two, like mm-hmm. three weeks ago. And again, it... it it almost brought a tear to my eye when he actually remembered who I was. Because, again, it's not like he saw my face or anything. But, like, it's, it's not like he saw me, like, in a <laughs> in an advertisement or nothing. It's, like, it's just crazy that, like, he remembered who I was from five, basically five years ago. For, if we were freshmen in 2016, here it is 2021, he still remembered who I was. It's dope that I can have a connection with somebody that, that that strong and they still remember who I was even though we hadn't talked since we were freshmen in high school again homegirl Alexis again we I don't think I've talked to Alexis since I got back to Florida but like I said we was cool in Virginia too she was awesome like I said we still talk about it as of maybe like a month ago or whatever but like I said she was awesome Again, when I was a freshman, admittedly, I was a down. I was down, wasn't really talk. I didn't talk to people. She, you know, stuck an invitation, and we've been friends ever since then. Again, I don't think it might have been a situation. Maybe 
like a six month period where we didn't really talk. But outside of that, for the most part, we did talk to each other. We you know kept up with each other lives. How you know just gave an update on what we were up to. Another person I want to shout out, my cousin AJ. AJ, AJ was like he was he was my real dog before real dogs were a thing. AJ a lot a lot older than I am, you know just for context he's a father, I'm not a father obviously, so like he's he's my he like I said he was my kind of my big brother that I didn't have. He was he was the person that we would go to you know racetracks and racetracks with person that I would go to you know go get food with go hang out in the basement and play Xbox with he would he'd whoop me every time but it didn't really matter again score didn't really matter it was just me hanging out with my big cousin that was he was the he was my again like he was my real dog he was the person that I wanted to hang out with he was AJ was always the cool kid everybody wanted to hang out with so of course when you you and you his little cousin you know you naturally just get that rub from him but when we were to get, it was just, like I said, it was just two, it was a big cousin, little cousin hanging out. And that's how, that's how, honestly, a family should be. If you had that, you, everybody, every family has that one cousin that they did want to hang out. AJ was that cousin for me when I was little. I feel like that's a long enough spiel. You know, if you had, if, like I said, if you missed any of the, if you want, if you honestly want me to do another episode like this again it's gonna be a minute because i gotta come up with new content obviously i don't want to talk about depression for 40 episodes but if you want to you know have a another conversation where we can just talk personal talk professional even you know like i said just like i said one conversation can change the world i know it's weird but if it, it maybe not change the world but it definitely change your world and honestly just again opening up makes life better it makes people better. It'll make, you know, like I said, if, one, if we change one person, it could change two, it could change three, it could change four, it could change five, it could change six, and eventually it'll change 7.6 billion. But it all starts with one. So if you are really willing to have that conversation, I'm always open. And until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.